went back to the place where I used to go and I saw the same old crowd that I used to know and when they asked me what had happened I tried to tell them thank you Jesus thanks to Calvary I don't come here anymore thanks to Calvary I'm not the one I used to be thanks to Calvary I'm different than before and as the tears ran down my face I tried to Thanks to Calvary, I'm different 
19 or 18? I was 18 years old. 18. You started singing about 19? Yeah. So I'm going to share something because Duran was very shy and very reserved. And when he started singing, I was singing with him since he's been 18 years old. And he would rock and just cry because the Lord had tendered him. But that was about as much as it got. So if you think this is his personality, sorry. This is what the Lord does for you. This is what the Lord does for you. Because when he comes in and he changes you, and you realize who you were and who God is, then you can praise God and you can be worshiping him. Because that's what it's all about. And I was thinking this morning, I was getting dressed. The Lord just overwhelmed me this morning. And I just was, I was, I started singing the goodness of God. And I couldn't get out more than three words for the goodness of God because it was running after me this morning. It was chasing me this morning. He was overwhelming me with his presence this morning to remind me of who he is and who I am this morning because I am nothing without Jesus. I was nobody. I was just a little child when he reached down and touched my heart. But my whole life he has chased me and he has drawn me and brought me to the place that I am today. And I'm telling you right now it's the best decision you will ever make in your whole life and if you're not serving Jesus with all that you have within you get on board this morning get on board this morning because I'm telling you the old ship of Zion that they used to sing about young people don't hear that song no more but it's a ship that's coming by and when you get on and one day it's going to cross to the other side and you better be on it because it's only going to pass this way once it's not coming back for a second round and it's not going to have to worry about it wrecking or about it sinking because the old ship has stood and it's, it's calling you to get on board this the gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord it was so vast the crossing I I could never fall from where I was to his demand it seemed so far I cried dear Lord I cannot come to where you are but he came to me He came to me. That's why he died on Calvary. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. chains of my sin 
he came to me when I possessed no hope within. Remember this? Oh, he picked me up and drew me gently to his side. It's where today in his sweet love oh we all now abide for he came to me he came to me he came to me he came to me when I could not come to where he was he came to me like Tim, just like me, on a Sunday night, maybe a Sunday morning, maybe a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he came to me. Yeah. 
Took his text as me, but it opened up my blinded eyes, and now I can see. Oh, since I've, I've got, got the victory, brother, I found it out. It's so good on the inside that the outside has to shout. Since I got my one, two, three, so I'm happy, I'm glad. I got under the spout where the glory falls Victory, brother, I found it out. It's so good on the inside that the outside. 
girls do shout Since I got my one, two, fix, I'm happy and I'm glad I got under the spell when glory got down Preaching, praying, singing had meant nothing to me Till I good old gospel sister, she made me joyfully Now I got something, brother, that I can shout about I got under the spout where the glory comes out. Since I got the victory, brother, I found it out. It's so good on the inside that the outside has to shout. Since I got my one, two, fix, I'm happy, I'm glad. I got under the spout where the glory comes out.
Oh 
Praise God. We thank you this morning for the offering. How many knows what day is today? Sunday? It's the Lord's day. Let me tell you something. The Lord don't deserve a little of the day. He deserves the whole day. I'm not picking on nobody, but come back tonight. <laughs> you know what? This day belongs to the Lord. Give it all to him. Randy's going to preach to you this morning. And I thank God for God's men and God's people that's working in the church. And uh, I just got to thinking this morning when Connie was talking in Sunday school. We need legs on our faith. You want to have faith? Face, it, face an action word. Have faith in God. Put legs on your faith. Begin to say, Lord, I'm going to live for you. Lord, I'm going to walk for you. I'm going to do your will in my life. Whatever that costs me, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to go for you. That's putting legs on your faith. You get, begin to study his word. You begin to learn more about him. That's putting legs on your faith. God will increase you if you apply yourself. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just telling you. That God wants every one of us. We have been blessed. We don't just come here on rainy days when it ain't nothing else to do out there. You know, or stormy days. This is the day the Lord's made. We need to rejoice and be glad in it. Give him this day. Give him every day of your life. But start by giving him this day. Praise God. Praise God, I'm just, I'm glad to be here this morning, and every song, everything, everything that Tim just said, it's, it's everything that God has put on my heart, and as soon as Tim asked me to preach there, it's been better than a little bit, of, better than a week ago, there's been one word that's been in my spirit, and it's only been that one word, and it's, this one word is used in scripture, the word itself is used over 315 times in scripture, so that would tell you how paramount it is to the life of the believer and the non-believer. So today I'm speaking to both of us because this one word in the word is unbelief. Unbelief has come into the church. It can come into your heart. It's one of the number one ways that Satan comes to the child of God and tries to get you off track and tries to deter you. And the, the number one thing about unbelief is he is always attacking God's word. He's always trying to get you to doubt. And that doubt and those things that he sows into your heart and your mind when you come against various trials and things in your life, maybe everything is just not going your way, and then he comes along and he plants these seeds of doubt and he makes you to wonder and he makes you to doubt God. I want you to know that there's a great danger in unbelief, but there is a great love and a great deal of pleasure in believing what God has told us. We have got to hang on to His promises as children of God. Even when we're in that, sometimes I find myself when I've asked God for something or I've asked for direction and I'm in that waiting room. I'm in that time of waiting and to see what He's going to say and to see what He's going to do. But don't let, in that waiting, don't let your waiting turn to doubting. He's done this to me. He's done this to me in various things in my business in ministry and different things. When you're waiting on God, it's so easy for the enemy to sneak in and try to plant those little seeds of doubt, those little lies in your mind to get you off, get your mind off of that. Go here and go another way. There's some of you here today, you're children of God, you're walking with God. 
and the enemy's been fighting you with everything he's got trying to get you to think that your marriage is over or that your children are never going to be saved or your body can't be healed and all these things are doubts and lies of the enemy. But if you believe that and you fall into that place of unbelief, it can wreak havoc in our lives as Christians. Because it can take us right out of the will of God. It can make us sit back there on the pew and become cold and hardened and callous to the Word of God. And it doesn't matter if the man of God stands up here and preaches week in and week out. You can sit there and you can hear that and you cannot be changed because you've hardened your hearts. This message is not all gloom and doom, guys. I want to get on the other side of this. My main intention and goal at the end of this is to punch Satan right dead in his mouth so that you understand that the Word of God is stronger than anything that comes against you. He is a liar. He's always been a liar from the beginning. He is the father of lies. But yet we find ourselves over and over and over again listening to the voice of the enemy instead of the Word and the voice of God. Our deliverance comes from the Word of God. And it comes by hearing the true Word of God. Sometimes when you don't apply it to your own lives, when you're not spending time in study, when you're not spending time in the Word of God at home, you've got a big target right on you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying today, but you become, as soon as you become a child of God, you become a target of the enemy. You've got to get close to the Master and stay close. You've got to run to that cross. You've got to cling to it with everything you've got because there is an enemy fighting for your soul today because he does not want you to take your place in the kingdom of God. He does not want you to walk with Christ. This has begun all the way back. I want to begin, and you don't really got to turn there unless you want to, but unbelief. I want to give you the definition of unbelief. Unbelief is infidelity. It's a disbelief of divine revelation. It's disbelief of the truth of the gospel. It's rejection of Jesus Christ as the Savior of men and the doctrines that He taught, and it's distrust of God's promises and His faithfulness to us. Can any of you say you ever doubted Him? Can any of you ever say that, you know what, I, I just don't know if I believe if you can do that for me, God. I've seen you do it in the lives of others, but me? When you let that thought come into your mind, the devil has got you right where he wants you. You've got to cast out all fear and doubt and unbelief, and the only way to replace that is to replace that with faith in the Word of God. And it's by hearing the true Word of God. This started all the way back in the garden. I want you to think just for a minute. You know, our original sin, it didn't start with murder. It didn't start with fornication. It, it didn't start with these grievous, great big sins. It started with a lie. It started with a lie. Matter of fact, let me read just a little bit. Genesis 3 1 through 5, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle, or he was more crafty, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said? That's the beginning of it. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said, the woman knew the truth. Listen to that. The woman knew the truth. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Those seeds of doubt was planted in Eve's mind. 
Eve knew the truth. She stated that. She knew that God had said, do not touch or do not eat the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden because in the day that you do that, you shall surely die. And she only found out about that either one of two ways. And Scripture's not clear. Either God gave that to her personally or her husband Adam told her what God had said because God had said the exact same words to Adam in the second chapter of Genesis in the 17th verse. He told Adam and then he created Eve. And then the serpent came along right after that. But I want you to realize it's the subtlety. It's those little things that come in your mind. Something may pop up in your mind and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will tell you that's not right or that's not true. Don't let those seeds of doubt resonate in your mind. You cannot let those resonate and become part of your thinking pattern or you're going to believe the lies of the enemy and you're not going to believe the truth of the Word of God. And if you're not a child of God today, I'm telling you, He's done everything in His power too to tell you and make you believe that you can't be saved. You've done too many wrong things. You're, you're way past being saved. God could never do anything for someone like you. And those are all lies because everyone that you're sitting next to right here today, they've either been drunkards or they've been liars. Some of them could have known who does what. Alcoholics. You've got a former alcoholic giving you the Word of God today. By the grace of God, He has wretched into my heart and changed me and he'll do the same thing for you he's not a respecter of persons today he loves those that will come to him he said any that will come to him he will in no wise will he cast them out he will not turn you down he cannot turn you away and you've got to come to the conclusion in your mind that the word of God is the truth of God and it's the only truth that you can stand on. You're not going to get truth in your news channels today. You're not going to get truth in this crazy world. So when you sit around and you watch all this garbage and these things that's going on, and I know we like to know what's going on, but seek God and let Him tell you what's going on. It's okay to hear a little bit of this media stuff, but when you fill your stuff, fill yourself with that garbage and that junk, you're putting things in that are hindering your walk with God. You're putting things into your mind and your spirit that is taking you out of the will of God for your life. It will destroy you if you listen to the lies of the enemy. It will destroy you if you listen to the false, false gospel. I know many of us today, we catch little sermons or we listen to different things and we hear preachers and ministers from all over the world. I want to tell you there's just as many good ones out there as there is bad ones, that, but the bad ones usually get top place on YouTube and all these other things. It's, be careful what you're allowing into your spirit. Be very careful what you're allowing into your spirit. Over in uh, Nehemiah, you guys don't have to turn to all these. I, I've, got, I've got a Tim message today, so I hope that clock back there stops for just a few minutes because I've got more pages of notes and scripture than I couldn't cast too many of them out last night. I kept trying to take them away, but there are so many. I, I want you to understand that 315 times at least, the numbers were all over the place. That's the smallest number I could find of the amounts of times that unbelief is directly related to in your word of God. So that means it's paramount. It's very paramount in what we believe. I want to read in the book of Nehemiah. In the ninth chapter, there's just two verses, and you don't have to turn there, but you can if you want. This was part of Ezra's prayer for Israel. 
Now, many and most of you that's in here know how Israel, they were in bondage to Egypt, and they were delivered, and all these things that they seen, and that God had come in with his mighty hand and through his servant Moses that was speaking truth to them and trying to get them to believe and understand that God was still on their side. And he delivered them. He got them out. He brought them out by a mighty hand. We all, we all know those, those stories back in the Old Testament. We know how God did all this. But in Nehemiah, as part of Ezra's prayer, it says this in verse 16 and 17. It says, But they and their fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and, and, not, and hearkened not unto my commandments and refused to obey. Neither were they mindful of thy wonders that they did among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return them to their bondage. But, that's a big but, thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he forsook them not. How quickly, I want you to realize how quickly God had just brought them out of bondage in Egypt. He had delivered them. They had just come through all these terrible things and the plagues and all these things. I, I got some written down here. They were The plagues in Egypt, they, they never came upon them. They were released from being the slaves in Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea on dry ground as God killed Pharaoh and all of his army. Their clothing and their shoes never wore out the whole 40 years they were in the wilderness. He fed them with manna from heaven and he gave them water and quail to eat and yet what? they didn't believe him they didn't believe that God could take care of them they just seen all these great things. How many victories have you ever had in your life? How many big, big, big victories, big things you've overcome? Maybe a trial you've come through and just right on the other side of that, there's doubt sitting right there at your door that God can't do the next thing for you. How foolish are we to believe that God can save a man's soul from hell and deliver him from all those things, but that he can't take care of our finances. He can't take care of our, our job. He can't heal our marriages. He can't heal our bodies. Last week we had a, a big healing service. Some may have received, but I believe with this message that some came up here with doubt in their mind and they did not receive what God intended for them. The children of Israel did not receive what God intended for them because they did not believe God. They did not believe Him. Church, we've got to get a hold of His promises today. We've got to get them in our innermost being and hold on to those. Recite them to yourself. Do whatever it is you've got to do. But you've got to get that on the inside of you. That God is for you. He's not against you. He hates our sin, but He loves the child of God and He loves the one that He's trying to bring to the cross. Quit listening to the voice of the... I hear Christians and I get so aggravated all the time because there's so much doubt and there's so much anxiety and there's so much of this and there's so much of that. I don't deal with those things much because I cast them at the feet of the cross. I know that God has my best interest in His... That's, that's what He wants for us. I'm not saying He wants to give you every little thing you want, but He wants you to come through this life being a witness for Him, standing firm on His Word, where when you stand there and you tell somebody that Jesus Christ has done a work in your life, He can save you and do the same thing for you. If you're fake about it, they'll know. If you're real about it, they'll see it. Amen. And that's what we are to be for God. If we don't believe Him, we're not going to tell others. If you got a weak witness about yourself, you might want to do a little investigating on the inside of your own soul. You won't have no problem telling another one about it. 
If you don't believe God, that means you're in unbelief and doubt. Right after all this stuff, I want to read, and you guys, I tell you, I've got so much scripture. If you want to try to turn there, you can, but I'm going to have to fly here to get through this. Right after God did all this for them in Psalm 78, it says this in verse 17 through 22, it says, But they sinned even more against Him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness, and they tested God in their heart by asking for food of their, their fancy or their, you know, a better meat. And yes, they spoke against God. They said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? How stupid is that question? He just brought them out of Egypt. He just threw ten plagues on all those in Israel. They applied the blood to the doorpost and none of it came upon them. They're, they're falling to the left and to the right all around them. God's hand of protection and deliverance has been on them the whole time. They just went through a sea. The sea was parted. They went through on dry ground, the Bible says, but then they have the nerve to say, can God, can He set a table for You reckon He can get us something to eat? That's how foolish we are sometimes. All of us. I've done it, and I'm sure you have too. We've got to trust God. We've got to believe Him. Then it says, Behold, He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can He give bread also? Hmm, I wonder. Can He provide meat for His people? Therefore the Lord, I want you to get this, when the Lord, the Lord understood their heart, he said, therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also come up against Israel because they did not believe God and they did not trust in the God of their salvation. There's so many people in this world today, they don't even believe there is a God. They don't believe there's anyone can deliver them, that there's no type of salvation and, and, and that is the work of the enemy. But when it comes to the child of God, if you don't believe that God is there with you and that He can move every mountain, he said if you have faith is a grain of mustard seed that these mountains and these things can be removed and moved out of your life does it happen immediately not always God has to build up our faith and trust in him before he can do great things in our life because we'll fall back into unbelief we'll fall back into unbelief very quickly and it's so dangerous for both of us for the believer and the non-believer. You've got to... What's the, op the opposite of unbelief is believing God and the opposite of that also is faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. We've all heard that our whole life. So when you fall into unbelief, you're not pleasing to God. How many of you would be happy if you went and you're trying to do some great thing for your child, you know you've got the capability to do it, you've got the money to provide it. They don't know everything that you've got and what you're getting ready to do for them, but they just doubt and they wonder, and they, oh, I don't know, I don't know. It kind of breaks your heart, don't it? It kind of makes you think, well, why am I even going to do that for them then if they don't? Hmm, that's something to think about. I got a lot of scripture that I want to read you in Hebrews chapter 3, so if you would turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Good part, good part's coming. Good part's coming. Good part's coming. We've got a little bit more to muddle through right here. I want you to realize and see that when God is speaking to us, we must listen. I know sometimes things have come about in my life and I find myself in this place of 
God, was that really, is that you or is it me? That's a bad place to be. When you pray about something and you reach out to God, you got to know that God has your best interest at heart. And the Holy Spirit, if you are trying to live for Him, will lead you and guide you into all truth and it will always point back to Christ. Remember that. Just remember that. The third chapter of Hebrews, I'm going to read the first two verses just because I want you to be perfectly clear who he's speaking to here. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. And then skip down to verse 7 with me, if you would. It says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice... Harden not your heart as the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and they saw my works for forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any, of the, uh, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence, steadfast unto the end, while it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. How many times have you heard that today? If you will hear His voice and harden not your hearts. Whatever it is you're hanging on to today, whatever you're not believing God can remove out of your life, whoever in here don't think that they can be saved and born again. The voice and the Spirit of God is telling you He can and He will. It's got to be activated by your faith. You have got to believe that He is who He says He is, that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him and seek after His ways. You want His truth, He'll give you His truth. You want to sit in the corner and do nothing? Sit in the corner and do nothing. But He's still going to nag you and say... Dummy, get up. You're sitting there doing nothing. What are you doing? Get up. i got work for you to do. A child of God will never move into, you'll never move into the ministry God may have for you to do. You'll never move into the role that God has for your life until you believe that He is able to use you. And it's not you. It's not you. It's all Him because all the glory's got to go to Him. And it said in verse 16, For some, when they had heard, they did provoke him. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? He was grieved with the ones that he had just done everything under the sun for to give them their deliverance and to bring them out of bondage in the land of Egypt. And it says, Was it not them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief, Bobby. I got a feeling there's some here today that might not enter in because of their unbelief. God's made a promise to you today that if you will come to Him and confess your sins and believe on Him who died for you, you have to believe that. You can't just have a head knowledge of Christ 
or say you got saved when you was a little kid or done all this and, and then you've lived like the devil for the last 15, 20, 30, 40, maybe you've been 50 years in that mess and you're believing the lie of the devil that you're okay. I want you to understand that if your faith and your belief and your trust is not firmly anchored in the cross of Jesus Christ and what He did for you at Calvary. He paid a sin price for you. He paid your price. And it was a hefty price. He went through things that you and I could never go through. We would be begging for them to kill us, kill us, kill us. But He went on through this whole thing, this agonizing pain and being rejected and mocked and spit at and cursed and beaten. I mean beaten. At the whipping post, His blood started flowing for you and I. At the whipping post, before He ever made it to Golgotha, His blood was already flowing. The plan of God was already being brought to pass. It was coming to pass because you and I needed redemption. You and I needed salvation. But you and I also need to hold on to the promises and the truth that God gives us. That is what we must feed on. We've got to feed on it in order to keep moving forward. Hebrews 11.6, I already said it, but without uh, faith it is impossible to please God. For he, comes, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and it don't give a big long list there. It just says believe that He is. You fill in the blank. He is whatever you need Him to be. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I'm going to go for just a second over into Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26. And both of these are, or all three of these are, are very, uh, we hear them all the time. I've actually, Romans 3, uh, it, it strikes such a chord in my heart that I, Romans 3, 23 is what I have on the back of my business cards. Because I want everybody to know that we have sinned. We've come short of the glory of God, but there is salvation and there is help in Christ Jesus. Verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in His blood. Did you get that? Faith has got to be in the blood of Christ to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believes in Jesus Christ. Friend, there's so many things out there today. They're telling you there's so many paths to Christ. There's so many ways to the cross. There's so many ways to enter into heaven. This word of God does not say that. It does not say that there's more than one way. It emphatically says that there is only one way. And that way is through the blood of the cross. The, the, the salvation only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. He is the only propitiation for our sins. Nobody else can get rid of our sins. Catholic friend, if you're here today, you can go and pray to that priest all you want to. It's not doing you a bit of good. You've got a high priest that we just spoke about over there that he sits at the right hand of God forever interceding for the saints of God and he's sitting there also waiting for the one that does not believe in the word of God that's never came to that cross they've never ran to that cross they've never seeked him for his forgiveness all of it comes through the blood of Jesus Christ that shed blood of Christ I'm trying to tear up the microphone up here sorry about that 
But everything is in the cross. Everything that God affords us, everything we get is all through the cross. If Christ had not went to Calvary, you and I could have never been saved. We could never be healed. We could never have the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. We would not have any of those things. So the cross of Christ is the most paramount thing in our lives. It's the most paramount thing that's ever happened in this world. And whether you believe that or you don't does not make it not true. But whether you believe that or you don't will determine whether you go up or down when you leave this life. The elevator doesn't just go up. It don't, Dave. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. The Bible speaks of a place that was created for the devil and his angels. But then on over there a little bit it says that it enlarges itself every day with those that have fell into unbelief. Think about it. Every day, it enlarges itself. It gets bigger. Every day, because of unbelief. Unbelief is terrible. Unbelief is terrible. 1 Timothy 1.12 says this, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy. I want you to get that. I obtained mercy because I did, not, I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant and abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to, ever, to life everlasting. Friend, once you come to faith in Jesus Christ and you've been born again, Paul was so glad to be writing that letter to Timothy and saying, I did all these things. I did them ignorantly. Sometimes we do things ignorantly and we can fall into unbelief ignorantly. And, and when those times come about, God is gracious enough he will bring us to that point. He will point that out to us. He will show us that it's wrong and he'll, he'll bring you to the place of repentance and getting on past that. You remember what Paul, Paul was beating the church. He was beating them to death. He was dragging them off to jail. But he found grace in the eyes of Jesus Christ. So no matter what the devil's telling you today, you've not done too much that God cannot forgive you. You're listening to the wrong voice if that's what's resonating in your mind and in your heart today. And you need to cast that out today. You need to come to the place that you say, I believe what God has said. I believe that He does love me and I believe that He is able to forgive me if I come to Him and acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior of my life. That that blood that was shed at Calvary, it wasn't spilt there, it was shed there. He come with a purpose. He was born with the purpose to die for men for our sins. And you you have got to get that in your spirit today and know that God, He died for the ungodly. We were all ungodly at some point in time in our life. He will forgive you. Don't trample on the grace of God today and walk back out of here lost if you're lost today and don't know Him. And don't trample on the Holy Spirit when He's trying to draw you, saints of God, when you might be dealing with something that's in your heart, something in your life that nobody, maybe nobody else even knows about. It. It's just between you and God.
He wants to empty you out of that today. He wants to break down those walls that you've built up because he wants to have that relationship and that trust with you that when he says go, you'll go. When he says jump, you'll ask how high. You won't question and doubt what the Lord is asking of you. You'll have a relationship with him that will be so strong that you'll say, Lord, here am I. What do you want me to do, Lord? I'm going to get to this. It's the last part. Actually, in, let's see if I can find it here. I scratched it off. I don't know. We'll go past it. It's okay. In the book of John, the 11th chapter, we all, we all know these verses very, very well. None of them's odd to you or shouldn't be. A terrible thing had just happened. The man had passed away and had died and Jesus just kept on doing what he was doing over there and he didn't get in no big hurry to come to the aid of Martha and Mary that had lost their brother. But there's something in that 11th chapter down towards the end of that. Jesus starts asking her and and, and trying to explain to her who he is. They had walked with him. They had seen him. They knew all the miracles he'd done. But there was still a level, a little bit of level of doubt in a lot of them. In Scripture, when you go back through the four Gospels, there's a lot of times it specifically says that the disciples did not believe. And they were filled with doubt and they were filled with all these things. So don't think I'm trying to smack you over top of the head because we do fall into that sometimes and it does come up. But when it does, you need to know how to get rid of it and you need to cast it out of your life. Jesus Christ, and through God's word, the word, the, the word of God says that Jesus was made manifest in the flesh, that he is the living word of God. We've got to understand that today. I think sometimes we overlook that. Sometimes I think when we pick this up, we refer to this as stories and different things. This is the living, breathing, working word of God, and it's the only thing that can change your life. It's the only thing that can penetrate through the sin that might be in your life. It's the only thing that can convince you of the cross of Christ and the blood of Jesus that can save men from sin. That is the only thing that can do it. And the only way it can do it is if you believe it. Like I said earlier, whether you think half of this in here contradicts itself or it don't, that, that doesn't mean it does that because it doesn't. The word of God is sure and it's true. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing. We know how it works. But sometimes Satan comes in, just like he did with Eve in the garden, and he plants those seeds of doubt, and he makes you think, well, I've seen God has done that for him, but will he do it for me? He will do it for you if you will approach him in the right way and believe that he will do that. In John chapter 11, verse 25, it says this. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection And the life, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And the question, the greatest question is, he says, believest thou this? 
Believest thou this? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection? Have you made Him the Lord and Savior of your life? Do you believe that He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to function and move and operate in your life? Or are you all clogged up in unbelief and doubt and not thinking that God can move these things and do these things for you? Because we have got to get past that point today, church. I want us to unload those things. Those of you here that don't know Him, that's never been born again, Again, that's never been saved, that's never been come to the cross of Christ and received Him, the invitation is there for you today. But for the child of God, those things that you've been harboring in your heart, those things that you've got over in that little secret corner closet in there that you just won't let God in, He knocks and knocks and knocks and you say, no, Lord, that's mine. He wants in there. You've got to believe that He's going to take those things away from you. You've got to believe that God is a restorer of those who love Him and walk with Him. I know many times I've, I hear people say, well, I'm just not sure I believe that. You ever heard that? Well, I'm just not sure if I believe all that. Friend, it, it is of utmost importance today that you believe all that. All that's contained within here. All that's within the Word of God. All that's in here is for us. It's to change us. It's to help us. And we have got to understand that doubt has no place in our life. When you take hold of Jesus Christ, He will never let you go. He, he does not want to let you go. and He will cling and cling and hope. But friend, there's many, many chapters or, or many, many verses in this Bible especially the children of Israel and even all the way up to the New Testament, talks about those that have walked away or those that walked away in unbelief. It says at one point in time there were so many of those disciples that walked away and they followed him no more. It says when they do that, that they cannot enter into his rest. Most important thing that we need to do is enter into his rest today. You cannot enter into his rest if you're just your life is full of turmoil and always just going crazy all over the place. You've got to enter into the place that you know that Jesus Christ has saved you, that you know He's delivered you from the power of sin, that you know that He's taken you all the way to glory with Him, and that there is nothing in your life that you should be ashamed of to share with He already knows about it. He already knows it's there. He knows who's, who, who planted it there. He knows if it's seeds of doubt and things of the enemy. He knows if it's you working in your flesh. He knows if it's the world's crept back into your life and maybe you're just maybe today you're just not serving him like you want to serve him and you want to get victory over that today. I want us to leave this place in victory. I want us to leave letting down those things that we are not believing and pick up the mantle that says I trust God and know that he can heal me that he can do these things in my life. Trust him with every aspect and every area of your life. I know I got done a little quicker than I thought. I read all that stuff too fast. I need to hit rewind or something. Do you ever rewind? No. We're not going to rewind. And I'm going to tell you, I, I usually never ever do this, but I actually, God put a song in my heart this week, and I called uh, the ones that sing it, and I asked them would they do that as an altar call. So, friend, before I ask them to come up, and I know it's early, I know it's early, but before I ask them to come up, I want you to search your heart. 
and see if there's anything in your life that God has asked you to do. Maybe there's something God has asked you to lay down. Maybe there's somebody that God has put on you and said, you know what, you need to forgive them. Whatever it is, whatever you are having doubts and fears, whether it be anxiety or depression or whatever, those are all things of the enemy that he tries to cast on you to hold you down and to hold you back. You need to come to the, to the place today in your mind and in your heart that the Word of God resonates with you and you say, I'm going to believe God today. I'm going to leave here today knowing that I'm a child of God and knowing that God sits on His throne and that Christ is ever interceding for me. So what do I have to fear? What do I have to fear to take this to the cross of Christ, to give it to my Savior and say, Lord, save me or save me again. Lord, help me in my walk with You. God, I've been stumbling. I've been struggling. I've been having these hard times. Life has just come my way, God, and sometimes I've doubted and I've wavered away from you and maybe you're not walking the way that God would have you to walk. You can leave here today a changed and completely new person if you will just give those things to God. He longs to speak with us. He longs for us to bring things to Him in prayer. So why do we week in and week out just sit in our seat? I don't get it. The help's up here. The help's up here. Come and get it. Get what you need. God is faithful. He, he wants you to um, overcome the doubt and unbelief. Overcome. There's some of you sitting in here today, you've been praying for family members and things for, for years on end, and, and doubt has, has crept into your mind that God's never going to be able to reach them. You have got to get that out of your spirit and know that the prayers of the saints go up before God and whether we see it in our lifetime or they go on and, and we pass away, God is not restricted to that. Let God out of the box today that you've hemmed Him up in because you've put Him in a place where you think, God, I've got to fix this or I've got to do this or I want to do that. You can't do it on your own. You need the power of God through the Holy Ghost delivering you of those things and helping you to overcome that doubt and that unbelief and those things can only be cast out and done through the name of Jesus. Through the name of Jesus as they come. Sister April, if you guys would come. Guys, I, I, I just want us to realize the importance of coming out of this place of unbelief because it, it, it happens to me. You know, when, when God started speaking to me about this ministry stuff and all this stuff over in Uganda. I said, oh, man, not me, Lord. You can't be talking to me. You can't be talking to me, Lord. Number one, I'm scared to death of flying. Number two, I, I don't have the resources. And number three, I'm just not going. <laughs> I'm just not going. You know what? But God just kept pricking at my heart and telling me, look, I've got this. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. You've got to let me have full reign of your heart and your life or you're never going to minister and do the things that I have called you to do. You have got to get out of the way and let me be the leader and the guider of your life. And guys, I wrestled with that. I wrestled for that, with that for some time. But I knew God was in the midst. I knew it was God that was talking to me. I knew it was God that was telling me, you, you are going to go and do this for me. And now that I look back, after I finally said, Lord, whatever it is you want to do, you do it, Lord. Help me to be obedient to you. 
Guys, there's been so many souls saved over there. There's been so many kids brought out of bondage and beatings and they now have a little place to lay their head down at night. They got food in their little bellies and the word of God's being ministered to them. Had I not gone, would that have ever happened? Would God have sent somebody else to Mark? Would God have ever brought Mark to us? Would he have ever started making those links? I don't think so. I don't think so. See, unbelief can cause so much disruption, not only in our life, but in the life of everybody that God is going to put in your path. I want you to think about that. I mean, I'm just using myself as an example. Had I not gone, that little, that little village wouldn't have got those little buildings. Those little kids wouldn't have those places to stay. They wouldn't have the Bibles to read. They wouldn't have food on a daily basis. Many of them would probably already be dead and gone. But God gave me the power to overcome that unbelief that was in my life. And I thank Him for that just like Paul did. I obtained His mercy and I had to repent saying, God, please forgive me for doubting you. I know that you prepare a man and you give him all that he needs to do these things. But Lord, I rose up in my flesh and I come against it and I didn't want to do it. But now that I've done it, Bobby, I don't have any more joy in anything other than trying to get and do for them and, and provide for them because I know it's God moving in their lives. And He's drawing a, a many, a many people in that little village are coming out of darkness and coming to the light through the love and the, and the Word of God through Jesus Christ. Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not listen to the lies of the enemy no more. Don't sit back in your seat today because Jesus will deliver you. He is here. And the song that I asked Him to sing is, I want to speak Jesus over you today. If you've got a problem in your life, we're going to speak Jesus over you. If you've got doubt in your life, let Him cast it out of you today. But if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior of your life, come up to these altars and accept Him. He's there. He's willing and He's ready to change and do whatever you need in your life. Over there when we read that, He says that I am. And you need to fill in that blank this morning. He said, I am. I am your healer. I am your restorer. I am your Savior. I am the one that can plow through the doubt. I am the one that can restore you to your place of joy. I can give you back the joy of your salvation if you'll just trust Him him today as they sing you come
no other name, no other name but the name of Jesus this morning. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Make every stronghold shine through the shadows. Burn like the Every song. 
Jesus on the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy something in your life come and let us pray with you and let the Lord God Almighty take care of whatever it is in your life today get rid of that doubt and that confusion don't listen to the lies of the enemies anymore as they sing we're not going to stay all day but if they sing one more course verse what's holding you back come and give it to Christ today I just want to speak the name of Jesus dark addiction starts to break cause I know there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power 
God's word is just the beginning. It takes God to open the door. And I believe the spirit of the Lord opened the door today. You know, sometimes you may think to yourself, standing there, it'll always be this way, but it won't. You'll long for a day when the spirit of God opens up the door that you can repent, that you can come to him. It ain't just praying for what you want. It's praying that God, sometimes I've actually said and 
prayed, God, show me what your word means. I don't understand it. I don't know what decisions to make. I don't know what door to go through. I don't know what I'm doing. But the door has got to be Jesus. You can have faith, but your faith is in Christ and him alone. And I think that door is open today. I see it that way. And if you need him, you need to listen to what's being said. I ain't your judge. You ain't mine. But I know when I need, and I know when we need, and I know when the church is in need. We need to be listening to the voice of God. That's all it's about. If you're content and everything's okay, nobody's trying to hold you here. Nobody's trying to bring you to do anything. But the door swings open when God opens the door, not when man opens the door. It's, it's God saying, come. It's God saying, I need rest in me. You need rest in you. Come to me. That's what God's saying to you. Praise God.